Welcome to Real Quick, a series of really quick conversations with real founders. We'll dig into founding stories, important stops on the founder journey, and lessons we can all benefit from while growing a business. I'm Izzy, a producer and host at In The Works. In this issue, I'm talking to different founders about their businesses, but more specifically, what generational wealth means to them. Welcome to Real Quick. Today's episode hits a little close at home with a founder that's building to avoid the strains in relationships with family members caused by unpaid debts. Informal loans between friends and family are often combined with conflict and miscommunication, but Dennis Kale is building Zertu to change that, and with investments from Google, Morgan Stanley, and Northwestern Mutual, he's well on his way. So Dennis, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Izzy. Great to be here. Can you give a little bit of insight as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So just uh, by way of background for myself, uh, Dennis Kell, CEO, co-founder here at Zertu, where our mission is to drive financial inclusion one relationship at a time by formalizing and simplifying loans between friends and family. And we automate that repayment process, but we also bake in some bill pay transparency uh, so that if, if and when people are borrowing money, uh, we can send those funds directly to uh, those creditors as well who are enterprise partners for Zertu. So there's that removal of the awkwardness and there's also that bill pay transparency that makes or at least helps those friends and family that are looking to provide uh, another friend or family member with a financial lifeline uh, makes them more inclined to approve that loan if and when they know the money's being used for the intended purpose as well. It seems like the way that you're building Zertu is really different than every other company out there. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Zertu is unique in so many different ways, right? And I mean, we're really creating this sort of space uh, in a sector that doesn't exist today where we're going after this underserved market uh, in a very unique way. So essentially, I like to tell people we found a new way to solve a very old problem. Uh, but, you know, to understand how we're doing that, uh, I'll give you some context on my background. I started my career in the Navy as a systems engineer, setting up ship-to-shore, ship-to-ship communications, uh, had a top-secret clearance for several years. But prior to the Navy, I actually grew up in very humble uh, beginnings. I grew up in low-income public housing in Monroe, Louisiana. We didn't have banks or credit unions in my neighborhood, but we had several liquor stores that would cash your check for 30% of whatever your check was. So. Even at seven years old, eight years old, I knew that was bad math. And so you fast forward, when I walked outside the Naval base after boot camp, there's all these buy here, pay here car lots with these rent to, and, and these rent to own furniture stores with these high interest rates. And it just hit me in that moment that all of these predatory lenders are targeting every demographic that I've been a part of, which is minority, low income, and military veterans. And so that's what planted the seed for me, at least many, many years ago, that if and when I had the time and resources to chip away at this issue so that people that come from the communities that I come from can get fair and equitable access to capital without paying a 400% interest rate to a predatory lender, that I would. So when you sit down across 
the table from the Northwestern Mutuals of the world or um, the Morgan Stanleys or the Googles. How quick is that receptiveness to the brand? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Izzy, because you know Zertu does have that bottom, uh, that double bottom line focus where uh, we we have a mission to drive financial inclusion. Uh, but we also want to make sure we have a meaningful return on investment for our investors. So and our investors like Morgan Stanley, Northwestern Mutual and others, you know, they have actually looked at us through both of those lenses. Right. And so it's not just one. So in, in some ways, I think it's an advantage to not just be looked at through that financial profit lens. Uh, and And so for us, you know, we had the opportunity to showcase a how we're going to make money, but b how, what kind of impact are we going to have? How many people can we help keep their lights on? How many people can we help get access to health care? How many people can we help keep a roof over their head or keep their car running? Things like that. So there are financial KPIs that we measure, but there's also social impact KPIs that we measure as well. Because one of the things that I tell all of our investors is that Zurcher is not about charity. We're all about giving people a chance. In fact, if we can help people, you know, find multiple paths to success by way of leaning on their friends and family, if and when they need that financial lifeline so that they can become more, more, more responsible, help build their credit and things like that. And more importantly, to protect negative mm -hmm. impacts to their credit score. Because keep in mind, if I'm able to borrow money from Zertu, you know, to pay my car note, for example, right, before it becomes 30 days past due, you know, that is a huge win for me because now I'm not having my credit score impacted, which would impact my ability to get other credit down the road, you know, but I'm also taking care of this short-term, near-term bill as well. And I'm setting the terms with my friends and family based on what I know I can do for my own personal cash flow. And so if you think about Zertu as a model, uh, you have this, you know, we, we kind of like to think of ourselves as being yeah. in the relationship business because, you know, you really, you know, you have three parts to this relationship. You have a borrower who's trying to get from one bill to the next or one paycheck to the next without paying a 400% interest rate to a predatory or payday lender, you have a family member that wants to lend money more responsibly and provide that financial lifeline. Uh, and then you have that creditor that wants to create a better customer experience uh, before disconnecting someone's services or, turn, or sending them to, to collections Zertu's really the nexus that sits in between all of these relationships and pain points for that matter to solve for these in a very real time, meaningful way. Another term that you've thrown out there a few times is financial inclusion. And when I hear that term, something that pops up that's almost running around the same path um, or it's just the, the process of financial inclusion results in this and it's generational wealth. So I'm interested to know what does generational wealth mean to you? Yeah. So for me, generational wealth means that we've done what we've needed to do to close the wealth gap starts there. Okay. Because we can't have a real conversation or at least a meaningful conversation about generational wealth unless it's actually closing the wealth gap and we have the data to support that. Now, 
this generational wealth concept, by the way, is fairly new for the black community, right? I, I know this because I grew up in it, okay? We were focused on the day-to-day -day and the week-to-week. -week. Not everyone fell into that bucket. There are a lot of uh, people of color that grew up middle class and above, uh, but for a large percentage of us, it wasn't about you, you didn't have the luxury. Let me put it put it this way. You didn't have the luxury of thinking, you know, two, three generations out, let alone two, three months out. OK, so understanding how far behind yeah. we're starting. And now there's a real intentional move and push within the black community today to change that, uh, including my own family. And so for us, you know, it, it really starts with just the, yeah. just those data points, you know, in terms of making sure <clears throat> that everything that we do today uh, starts with teaching our kids, you know, how they can, you know, sort of take care of the wealth that they have, but build on top of that. And so a lot of what we're trying to do is lead by example. Uh, and, and that's something that I think, you know, when I truly think about ge generational wealth, I, I try to put this in simple terms. I think about and I picture my 11-year-old or 9-year-old son, you know, uh, their, their children and grandchildren 100-plus years from now sitting at, you know, some restaurant in the UK having a conversation with someone about a piece of art that their great-great-grandfather, myself, purchased years and, you know, years and years before they were ever even thought about having a conversation about that particular piece and a transaction, right? So I, I get down to that granular level and, and try to envision the conversations and the relationships that I want, you know, generations that come after me to have and the position that I want them to be in. And so, because otherwise, you know, you're not really getting tangible with this, you know, and and I'll, I'll say something else about generational wealth that I think is, cha is, is, is really challenging. I think, unfortunately, we live in a world where we demonize each other and in some cases dehumanize each other. And I believe, you know, personally, I believe this dehumanization has contributed to the expansion of the wealth gap. So we have to solve for that. And so whether you call that political or social, or whatever it may be, but to me, it's economical. Everything comes back to economics. So we have to solve for that. How we look at each other, how we think about each other, how we hire each other, how we invest in, uh, knowing that 1% of the VC dollars go toward black founders and people of color and women, right? I know we're doing things to change that now, but we have a long ways to go. And uh, I think all these factors feed into, you know, other races outside of just being white, yeah. you know, having generational wealth. And that's not to say, you know, we want generational wealth to take away from white generational wealth. I think I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. You know, so uh, so for me, I have a lot of strong opinions about that. But I think it, I think it starts with how we look at each other, how we view each other. And then what accountability and responsibility are we taking for ourselves today to build that generational wealth and protect that? Real quick, what's your go-to coffee order? Oh man, a quad cappuccino with almond milk. 
Real quick, what's one thing every new entrepreneur should know? If you focus on building value in the business, someone will come knocking. You'll figure out what that exit opportunity is and what it should be and go from there. Real quick, how can someone get involved in your work? Next time you have someone ask you to borrow money, to pay their bill, you know, just download the Zertu app because at the end of the day, Zertu is about giving people a hand up versus a handout. Thanks for listening to Real Quick. In this issue, we chatted with two founders on their interpretation of generational wealth. And if you haven't already, check out all the amazing other founders on this issue of In the Works.